It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I tell you, that just, I, that, that, that thing was just, what, what was that game last night? I mean, come on, seriously, another overtime loss and three goals in 34 seconds. I mean, what the heck are the Blackhawks? Bill Mozienko? Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Capitals. I am your host, as always, the insider of the insider, Tyler Cool, talking about a team that once again finds a way to lose in overtime. Yeah, they did not go well against the Chicago Blackhawks last night. A complete and utter lapse in the second period. Did not help Washington's cause at all. But we'll kind of get through that game here as we move along. Also, we'll talk, I mean, I know, I know everyone loves me talking about it. You love to hear the word, but we're going to talk about COVID because guess what? It's affecting the caps now, too. We'll talk about how that is and so more around the league here in this episode of Locked On Capitals. We'll also get to our cool caps of the night. I don't have too many to give out. I don't want to give any out after a game like that, but that's okay. We'll try to be a little optimistic, a little positive on this Thursday morning edition of Locked On Caps. So, first of all, thank you very much for making Locked On Capitals your first listen and first watch of the day and every day, free and available on all platforms. Yeah, that's right. I said watch. If you're listening right now, thank you very much for listening. But if you ever want to watch and see the kind of cool graphics we have on here and see me and my odd bedhead thing I got going here this morning, absolutely check us out on the Locked On Capitals YouTube channel, which is where you'll find us. So, the game last night. <sighs> All right, this was a a tough one. A very a tough one because I like I didn't know what like I didn't know what to expect. I we talked with Jack Bushman yesterday about it before the game. We said 2-1. There we go. 2-1 hockey game. Alex DeBrincat scores the game winner in overtime or in regulation, whatever. All right? That's how we thought the game was going to end. Well, first period things were looking good on my part. 20 minutes in, we're scoreless. Perfect. I'm looking good here, kids. We're on the right track. Keep up at this rate. And the second period happened. And I I don't know what exactly to describe it as. I mean, the, the Caps started off strong, of course. Once again, start off strong against the Blackhawks. Outshoot them 13 to 16. And even outshot them in the second period as well. They had 19 shots on goal. 19 shots on goal. I think you should score more than once, right? Well, they did. First of all, though, let's mention the fact that they did get a goal, and that first goal came from, that's right, kids, Alexander Ovechkin, 274th power play goal of his career, ties him with Dave Andrzejczyk for first all-time in that category. That is his 21st of the season. TJ Oshie getting the assist, and the secondary assist going to Nicholas Backstrom, his first point of the season in his return to the lineup. Now, why was he in the lineup? Well, because he came back. Who was out of the lineup? Evgeny Kuznetsov. COVID protocol issues or waiting on a possible COVID test. We have to wait on that. We'll discuss that part in part two of today's episode or section two of today's episode, whatever you want to call it. But anyways, long story short, awesome. Early in the second period, one nothing, great. Caps got their one goal. The Blackhawks just need two, and I'm a genius, right? Well, they start off by getting a five-on-three. Alex DeBrincat gets left open back door. Patrick Kane right across. DeBrincat bangs it in. It is 1-1. And I, I, what, what do you expect Sam Sonov to do there? 
I mean, it's. I think once again, it's a bad breakdown in front of the net. They allowed to bring that back door to creep in right on the doorstep. It's not like Ovechkin's one timer spot at the top of the circle where he scored his goal earlier in this game and has had during his career. This was just a, a blatant, just letting him walk right next to your goaltender. I mean, I'm pretty sure Sam Sona probably smelled his cologne or whatever he was wearing. So uh, it's that right there, I think, is a bad goal given up by the defense. Second worst goal given up by the defense just happened a good old grand old, let me give you my 18 seconds later, nice little feed across by Kirby Doc, knocked down by Nick Jensen. Good play. Unfortunately, doesn't get all of it. It trickles over. Philip Kurashev just kind of slow. It's like stopping, but he's kind of like gliding back towards the goal and just kind of shovels it. Just yeah, does a little flick of the wrist, gets under the little flick of the wrist, and it goes underneath the arm of Silly Samsonov. Ilya Samsonov, it's 2-1. Okay, another power play goal, two power play goals. It's 2-1. Cool, let's let it coast the rest of the way. Nyet, says the Chicago Blackhawks, because just 16 seconds after that, Carl Hagel gets the puck to the front of the goal. Shot, save, rebound by Samsonov. Horrible defensive coverage by Justin Schultz. Just completely lets Mackenzie Entwistle, former Hamilton Bulldog, by the way, lets him just kind of backhand it right by Samsonov. Once again, what is Samsonov supposed to do here? I mean, your first goal is a beautiful feed across to Alex Cat. The Cat's with his 15th of the season. Who's going to stop him? Not many people. All right. Kurashev. Great play by Jensen to get back. Unfortunately, didn't get all of it and still was able to be tapped in. Obviously, you want as a goaltender, you want to seal everything tight there. But once again, you shouldn't be allowing a two-on-one right after giving up a goal on the power play, mind you. And the McKenzie Antwistle goal, his third of the season, by the way. How are you supposed I mean... You, your defenseman just completely has a brain fart in front of the net. You start looking for the puck, not taking care of the body. I know you can't cross-check in today's NHL anymore, but you can still tie the guy up. I mean, holy smokes. I mean, just allowing Entwistle to get even remotely any resemblance of a backhander on goal just makes you kind of look kind of silly. So in 34 seconds, it's a, all of a sudden a 3-1 hockey game in favor of the Blackhawks. Like I said, that should not happen. Should not happen whatsoever. And I, I really don't understand why the defensive breakdowns are the way they were. Right? Like, that's my problem with this, is that this is a team that's defensively sound. We we pride their we've been promoting their defense. We've been highlighting their defense of how strong they've been, how good they've been, how under the radar they were supposed to be, how poor they were supposed to be coming in this year. Well, plays like that make all the critics correct. So it's 3-1, and yeah, I was a little bit sour, but that wasn't all the scoring that we had in the period. Late in the period, less than a minute to go, Daniel Sprong comes out from behind the goal, and Daniel Sprong, who kind of, I don't say he's had a quiet season so far, but he's been very up and down for a guy that I thought was going to have a real good breakout year this year with Backstrom being out of the lineup. Comes out of the corner, though, and absolutely just turns and, like, off angle, just rips a shot over the glove. Top corner, short side on Marc-Andre Fleury. His fourth of the season. It's 3-2, heading to the third period. There were 31 shots on goal in that second period, guys. 31, 19 for the Washington Capitals, and 12 for the Chicago Blackhawks. Offense galore. My prediction, in the dumpster, out back inside United Center there. That's how crazy that second period was. So we go to the third period. How dumber could this get? Well, let's tie the game up, shall we? It's 3-2. All of a sudden, halfway through the period, a little past the halfway mark, TJ Oshie gives it to Lars Eller. Lars Eller is able to sneak one or throw one on by Marc-Andre Fleury, his fifth of the season. 
and we're tied at three. All right, all we got to do is not do anything dumb. Oh, great. Give the Hawks another power play, why don't we? Let's just do that, because the Hawks, I mean, their their power plays we've seen in this game uh, is is subpar, right? I mean, they only... They only have had so many chances. They've only scored twice, you know, within about, what was it, 18 seconds of each other. So why would we give them another chance? Because Hagel across, DeBrincat one-timer, goal, 4-3. Great. Just, just great. Why, oh, why, oh, why am I not surprised about this happening? Remember, we talked about this with Jack as well yesterday. The Chicago Blackhawks find a really good way to compete against teams that they are better than. Like, this is a, it's an, an enormous amazing feat that they continue to do this. Now, uh, granted, I say this against a Caps team that outshot the Blackhawks at the end of this one, 46 to 20, 28. And, but the fact of the matter is that it just seems like at times you allow the Blackhawks to get in the game and let them get chances. And yes, Marc-Andre Fleury had a great game. I'm not going to take that away from him in the slightest. But the long and the short of it is the Blackhawks seem to have they were able to take advantage of their opportunities because of these lapses, you know? It lapses that the Caps typically do not make against better teams. Most of the time, of course. Granted, they did lose to Pittsburgh 4-2 to last Friday night. But to my point here is that they kept, they kept allowing the Hawks to stick around. When you really thought they had a chance to not just tie the game with Larger, but also take the lead. Or even when it was, I mean, after giving up three goals in a row... They had multiple opportunities to make it a one-goal game before the Daniel Sprong goal. I really thought that this could have been an opportunity for the Caps to really assert themselves as a dominant hockey club. Well, now they're trailing by one head in the final minute, into the final seconds. Ovechkin in the corner. Lock at the clock. I'm like, well, it may not be. Sends it out in front. Connor Sherry, one-timer, sneaks it through the five-hole of Flurry with three seconds left. We are going to overtime. Alex Ovechkin's 25th assist of the season. By the way, Johnny Carlson gets secondary assist on the goal, and I totally forgot the reason why DeBrincat was so wide open on that one-timer that his second goal of the game, sixth into the season, is because Johnny Carlson was taking a nap over there on Lakeshore Avenue. I mean, holy cow, or Lakeshore Boulevard, whatever they call it. Sculpture Park. He was somewhere else in Chicago on that play. Can't, can't give Carlson too much leeway on that kind of play. But anyways, long story short, we're going to overtime tied at four. Now, when I, if you guys remember when I talked with Gil... When, we, when I was on the Lockdown NHL show on Monday, I talked about, we were discussing why the Caps were having struggles in overtime. Heading into this game, they were 0-5 in overtime and 2-1 and in shootouts. So, therefore, 2-7. And seven. And I, he asked me, he's like, you know, or 2-6. and six. He's like, what's the problem with the Caps in overtime? I said, well, they never can get possession. So, what do they do at the beginning of this overtime, kids? They won the faceoff. Cool. They got the puck. They have an opportunity to do something here. Right? 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 What are you doing? All of a sudden, Connor Sheary's just hanging out by the blue line, last man back. Patrick Kane's like, I'm going to play defense, kids, and takes the puck away, gives it up. Kirby Doc just comes down the right wing side, and it's a good two-on-one, good coverage, but this was the one goal I'm putting on Samsonov, and unfortunately, it was the last goal. Doc's shot goes glove high. Samsonov catches it with the cheater on the wrist right here, goes off to his right, nothing could have been done after that. Tapped in by not Seth Jones, not team-leading scorer Seth Jones, Caleb Jones, first goal of the season, first as a Blackhawk, and they win this one 5-4 to four in overtime. Now, this is a tough one. It's a tough pill to swallow because you statistically outplayed him. But 
penalties hurt. Six power plays for the Blackhawks. They convert on half of them. Washington went one for three. Can't really say much more on that. They outhit him. I mean, they actually forced more turnovers than the Blackhawks, but it's just one of those things where you allow teams like this to stick around. They're going to burn you. We saw it last Saturday against Buffalo. The Sabres didn't really... I mean, there's nothing super special about the Buffalo Sabres, but yet that game went 65 minutes plus. The Blackhawks, like, they're a better team than they were when Jeremy Carlton was behind the bench. Sure, I'll give them that, but this is supposed to be the best team in the National Hockey League, the Washington Capitals here. And yet here we are talking about this as now a team that is tied for the lead in the Metropolitan Division with the New York Rangers, based on how the Rangers did last night. If you want to be considered elite, you have to show that you're elite against all teams. You can't just beat the good teams. You can't just beat the Panthers. You can't just beat the Lightning. You can't, obviously the Penguins on Friday kind of stunk, but you can't just beat the best in the other divisions and then go up against Chicago and falter and expect to still be considered that. Tough loss for the Hawks. They now fall on their record to 17-5-7 on the year. 0-6 in overtime. Not good. Not, 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 not good at all. We will touch on, we'll give up the cool caps later, maybe wrap it up a little bit more later on, give you the scores from last night as well. But first, we're going to touch on the COVID issues that have surrounded the Capitals and the rest of the NHL. Big news coming out from Canada. But I have to talk about you guys first, that no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose because winning feels so much better. And But traditional fantasy sports are a long-term losing proposition because you never know who or what you're up against. Well, Stat Hero is the first of his daily kind of fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. The never-before-seen innovation for a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero playing clock- players clocking odds that are over four times better. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play, and you get to handpick the team you want to face them one-on-one. Why? Because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns because Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes, and you decide how much you're going to play and for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero, head-to-head, is what Daily Fantasy should be, one-on-one. Sign up for free right now at StatHero.com hockey. Use the promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's StatHero.com slash hockey, promo code hockey, for a 100% match. Terms and conditions do apply. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Now, the COVID issues with the Washington Capitals, not, not not good at all. And so this really stems from, so Kuznetsov, believe he had a negative test, or a positive test, excuse me. 
It was, it was it hasn't been officially put on the COVID protocol list. They're waiting to see further testing this morning because they did stay overnight in Chicago. Did the Capitals? The original plan was, of course, play the game, fly up to Wash or Winnipeg tonight for their game Friday, or fly out last night to be in Winnipeg. Day of rest before the game on Friday against Winnipeg. Well, now obviously this is a big problem given the fact that if Kuznetsov is on the COVID list, he cannot play in Winnipeg no matter what. And this is a a real, real big hit taken by the Capitals, given the fact of how good Kuznetsov has been this year. I don't think we can remiss to say his importance. He's second on the team in points with 30. The only one of only two players on the team to have 30 or more points, and one of only four players with 20 or more points this season. Obviously, Ovechkin with a goal and assist last night has 46. I mean, it's the hard part is to say that Ovechkin really needs to pick it up, but now it's I don't know what to expect here. That's the problem with this COVID issue. We talked about it with Jack yesterday. We tried to figure out what's the good plan here for the National Hockey League. And with all these tests and whatnot. And I want to touch on something I briefly discussed with Jack. And I remember how I talked, I mentioned that I talked about on World Hockey Report on Tuesday as well. Because Cody Jansen put out a great question. He asked, should they just keep playing, given the fact that everybody but Tyler Bertuzzi in the NHL is vaccinated? And I asked my wife, in the health industry, she's been on the COVID floors. She's had COVID herself. I've had COVID myself as well. Granted, this was well over a year ago. But I asked her and I said, Kelly, what what do you think about that kind of question? Should they keep playing if they're vaccinated? And and Kelly said this. And like she says, even though most of these cases, and in, in the state of Michigan, well over 95% of the people hospitalized for COVID are unvaccinated. We're averaging in this state alone about 100 deaths, close to 100 deaths per day related to the coronavirus. Doesn't matter the variant. That's where it's at. Now, yes, those numbers, once again, are majorly those that are unvaccinated. But she says, as long as the mortality rate is is what it is right now, it's hard and good conscience for public health officials and, of course, the National Hockey League not just the NHL, NBA, NFL, what have you, to have players that are testing positive, and I don't want to say have broken COVID protocol, but are in contrast to what the COVID protocol rules are, meaning if you test negative twice, like you said, if you test have two negative tests back-to-back days, and you're vaccinated, you can play. But if you're still positive, you can't in good conscience allow them to go out there and play with other players because... We're still at that point where this is an ever-fluid, ever-evolving situation with COVID that it's still very not under control. So that now takes me to the story we have down in Toronto. The problem with Toronto right now is that they've become the first province or state that has put a limit on capacity due to the recent massive surge of COVID cases around not just Canada, not just the United States, not just North America, but the globe. They have, they came out yesterday with a story that the Leafs, Raptors, Sens, and unless something changes by March and April, probably the Blue Jays, to 50% arena capacity. Obviously, that would also include Toronto FC. 
Uh, the reason why they mentioned this, though, is for indoor venues. They said, this is, I'm reading this from uh, folks up there at Sportsnet, the Leafs-Raptors centers will be limited to 50% capacity at home games starting Saturday. Yes, that this Saturday, after Ontario unveiled new rules on Wednesday to combat the COVID surge. This will also affect indoor venues with capacities for 1,000 or more people for 50%, which means also the 17 Ontario-based OHL teams, the Ontario Hockey League teams, will be affected as well. The Toronto Maple Leafs put out a statement as well from MLSC as yesterday. Capacities at Scotiabank Arena will be reduced to 50% effective Saturday. The ticketing team is currently working through the logistics of implementing this change. It will provide follow-up details for all ticket holders within 24 hours. Because here's the thing too, kids. That's really the big fish in this whole story is that from someone who's been looking to try to get tickets to a Leafs game coming up here soon... They are very hard to find because they are at about, typically for most Leaf seasons, about 90 to 95% capacity full. Now, yes, yeah, StubHub has, to, has a lot of resale tickets, but that's my point. Even then, they're still 90 to 95% full. The Toronto Maple Leafs have been synonymous, good or bad. Obviously, there's the platinum seat ghost and the very corporate mantra that surrounds the arena on any given game night. But the long and the short of it is that they sell out just about every single hockey game. So now having to cut that down to 50% makes it difficult. Now, yes, Tyler, why are you not talking about the Ottawa Senators? I don't need to talk about the Ottawa Senators. That Obviously, I will say this. Go, Please go check out our good friends at Locked On Leafs and Locked On Sens as well, Sens Central. Those guys will certainly have a more in-depth story and more in-depth view on this sort of thing. But the long and short of it is, like I said, this thing ain't going away anytime soon. This massive surge does not help. Yes, I understand. There's a lot of people that are probably in the back screaming right now that the Omicron variant has been proven that it is not the effects are not as bad as the Delta variant or previous variants. I understand that. But the problem is right now is that the Omicron variant is more transmissible, highly transmissible. And whether or not it's you know more, more fatal or whatever you want to call it, the fact of the matter is, is that this is a virus that continues to evolve, continues to mutate, and continues to spread faster than it has ever before. That's the problem here, is that this thing is continuing to spread faster than wildfire. I know Boris Johnson in the UK said that it's going to be the most transmissible, the highest, the, the largest strain by the end of this week. And if it hasn't happened already by the time you guys hear this episode, I don't know. Will this happen across Canada? Possibly. Ontario has been very hard on it. Ontario was one of the last few provinces last season, prior to last season, to give the okay for the Leafs and Sens to play hockey. The Raptors didn't play the entire nineteen twenty or the entire 2021 season at home. The Blue Jays had to wait, what was it, uh, two, they played 2020, 2021, or most of 2021, but they played entire 2020 away. Wasn't it like a year and a half? I mean, that's just how that's just how tough they have it in Ontario. Now, granted, yes, there's a lot of people that have come out screaming, said if you're going to shut down schools or have schools go virtual, you should shut down Scotiabank Arena. I'm not going to get in the political aspect of that sort of thing. I don't know what's going to happen down here in the States. Obviously, as we've seen, the States have been a little bit more uh, lenient, to say the least, especially some of the southern states when it comes to this COVID protocol. Uh, I remember the only reason why we had no fans allowed in... Uh, Frisco, Texas, or Plano, Texas, excuse me, where I was at 
for the under 18s because it was a public rink and well <laughs> we had too many scouts to worry about having fans in there there was limited capacity at comerica center in the, in the big rink last year because that is more of an arena it was a few thousand seat arena and but the double ihf though that was their rules that they had it wasn't texas's rules at that point texas was just about I mean, even the, you go to the american airlines center that was just about a full barn at that point in April and March, uh, or April and May, excuse me, of 2021. So I don't know what the plan is going to be here moving forward with a lot of these teams. As of right now, there's no no moves taken by the Washington Capitals or Capital One Arena, or that for that matter, the Washington, D.C. area on capacity limits. Will it happen, maybe? You know, that's it, it could happen. Will it happen by Christmas? I may be too soon to tell, but as we've learned with Ontario, they were pretty quick to say, you know what, we're going to, we're going to get, we're going to nip this in the butt now. And it's, it's tough because myself, you know, having watched the Leafs for a long time, it's been an inner, it's always fun to see a full barn on a Saturday night. And it was very tough last season to watch the entire North division up until Montreal's deep playoff run to the cup last year, the cup finals to watch these fun, exciting teams play in empty arenas. Now, once again, I did say 50% in Ottawa and Toronto. I understand that, but it's not going to be the same. And that would also not be the same for having teams play in other areas. I mean, the COVID still is such a problem that you watch the NBC Sports Washington game last night. Joe Beninati and Craig McLaughlin, Craig McLaughlin, they're still in a studio. John Walton has been calling games the entire year at home. They were all the road games, at least, at, or not at home, pardon me, at the, at the studio, because they, they have not been traveling them out. What's the point? We don't want you to get COVID. We want to keep, we want to have as few people traveling as possible. I don't know if they ever said, to, well, if you want to drive to New York or if you want to drive somewhere else, I don't know if they, that's an option for them. I never asked John about that, but long and short of it is, is that teams are still trying to take precautions as much as they can. But right now, we're still at this point where we have to play it as, you know what, we're at the, I mean, Jeff Merrick put it best on his show yesterday, or yesterday, excuse me, Wednesday. This was prior to the Calgary Flames throwing seven more people on the COVID list. Before Evgeny Kuznetsov got confirmed on the COVID list. He said that right now, the cards are in the hands, I am paraphrasing here, the cards are in the hands of the coronavirus. And unfortunately, all of us are as well. My wife and I went to a restaurant last night. It was about half full. Thankfully, it's a Wednesday night, of course. We went to have dinner at 5 o'clock, not too late, because you know what? We are a little old in that case. But more masks going in there, more masks coming out, trying to be safe as possible. Even with the booster shot, I'm still a little hesitant. I don't know what else there is to say about it. We'll quickly wrap things up here. We'll talk about the games from last night and give you a couple cool caps for the overtime loss against the Chicago Blackhawks last night. But first, guys, you have a beard? Well, you got to get primal. That's right. Got beard, get primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, it needs to get primal. Maybe you're the guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Well, primal origin oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with low impact on our planet. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned for the best feel in beer products available. All products are also fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. 
The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you'll be glad you did. We know that every company claims to be the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients and feel the beard to the other products you've used. We promise you will see and feel the difference, and remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Once again, that is locked on at checkout for 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Have you ever seen an NHL player get off a team bus and think to yourself, gosh, I wish I could dress that nice? Well, with Indochino, you can. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Recently, I was shopping for a new dress shirt for my upcoming wedding, and when I decided to go with the Hyde Herringbone shirt, I was blown away at all the customization options I had. I could change the type of collar, cuffs, and even decide whether or not I wanted a chest pocket, all while being incredibly affordable, especially given the quality of the product I was getting. New colors, fabrics, and outerwear styles are added regularly too, so it's easy to create your next look. Level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code NHL to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at INDOCHINO.com with code NHL. So, a quick look at the scores that we had from last night's games. Only three games on tap. Obviously, we've had some cancellations. and There'll be some cancellations also for Thursday night as well. Obviously, the Hawks being the Capitals, that is the Blackhawks, by the way, their 11th win of the season, 11-15-2. I'm not saying a playoff team yet, because if I did that, I may as well throw that into the hat there for the Vancouver Canucks fans out there. However, they are 11-15-2. They have they've won five of their last 10 games, but they've won, I believe, four of their last six, right? Four of their last six, four of their last seven. They're playing well right now, and they've been getting points in a lot of these games as well. So the Blackhawks have certainly shown that they're a pesky team to play against. Other scores, Rangers going over Arizona by a score of 3-2. to two. That was a nail-biter, but it does give the Rangers a tie for the division lead with the Capitals. They get the tiebreaker because they have more wins than Washington does. They're now 19-7-3 on the season. Both teams now tied for second in the NHL behind the Toronto Maple Leafs, who lead the league with 28-2. and two. As of right now, as I record this, this obviously could change with games tonight, but so far, the Leafs are the only team in the NHL with 20 wins so far this season. The only other game was a nightcap out west. That was the Seattle Kraken falling to the Anaheim Ducks at the pond. 4-1 winners for Air, for excuse me, for Anaheim. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Now the division-leading Anaheim Ducks. Now granted, this is also considering the fact that the Flames, who are in second with 34 points, have pretty much the rest of the week off with all the COVID issues they've had, and it could be even more if that ship does not get righted anytime soon. Games on tonight, a good list of games here on this Thursday night. Montreal hosting the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers coming off a huge win against the New Jersey Devils the other night. Ottawa, speaking of the Senators, they'll be on the road going down to Amelie Arena, taking on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Florida hosting the Los Angeles Kings as LA continues to go through their East Coast swing right now. New Jersey hosting Vegas. Vegas third in that Pacific Division. Don't blink. Third. Were they third? I thought they were third. Yeah, third. Nope. Yep, they're third. Two points ahead of fourth place Edmonton. Yikes. Edmonton on a bit of a tailspin, losing three of their last, or only winning three of their last 10 games on a six-game losing streak. Yeah, Mike Smith either needs to come back or they need to figure out something in goal because Miko Koskinen, six foot whatever he is, doesn't matter, can't stop a beach ball right now to save his life. 
Carolina hosting Detroit in what's a very anticipated matchup. A, it's Alex Andalkovich's former team. B, Carolina coming back after taking off the other night because of Carolina and uh, Minnesota's game that was on Tuesday, originally supposed to happen. Carolina had so many players and COVID issues that that game had to be postponed. So Carolina coming back fresh, a little bit fresh at least. Detroit, Alpha went against the Islanders, trying to get back against the Canes down in Raleigh. Islanders, speaking of them, they're 7-12-15, and 7-12-5, hosting the Boston Bruins, who are sneakishly there towards the top of that Atlantic division. Watch out. They're making their way up there. They're still in fifth, but they're hanging around. Colorado Avalanche going over to Smashville, take on the Preds. Speaking of the Minnesota Wild, looking for their 20th win of the season. Buffalo looking for their 10th. That'll be out in St. Paul at 8 o'clock Eastern time, of course. Edmonton looking to snap their losing streak against Columbus. And the Sharks hosting the Vancouver Canucks. The Canucks, dare I say, guys, five straight. I know they're a little bit behind the eight ball. Is right now between the fourth and fifth in the Pacific. It's about, was it 15 points between Edmonton and San Jose? But I'm just saying, you get hot at the right time, and there's still a lot of hockey to be played here. All I'm saying is, it's like, it's literally Lloyd Christmas from Dumb and Dumber. I tell you, there's a chance. You're telling me there's a chance for Vancouver. There is a chance. Quick uh, cool caps of the night here before we quickly wrap things up. I'm going to give one to Lars Eller. I think he had a real good game, a goal and an assist. Had a great chance in the first period, which would have opened the scoring. Obviously, got to give one to Alexander Ovechkin as well. He gets his 274th power play goal, 21st of the season. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. He'll break the record here, which will be amazing, but it'll just be another mark on his on his amazing career. A little another check mark on his, on his log to the Hall of Fame, which is, Right now, already Hall of Fame career. Just obviously wants a little bit more. Shout out to The Score, by the way, with their dumbest article of the week saying the reason why Alex Ovechkin's uh, power play, or excuse me, his he's going to break Gretzky's record and it's because of overtime goals or some stupid fact like that. You know, shout out to them for doing a, for doing some great work this week. And I, you know what? I would have, I'm going to give one to TJ Oshie for getting two assists in this game. He looked really good. Obviously, the power play goal setting up Ovechkin was great. I think he looks solid and obviously set up Lars. Or was it Eller's? I forget now. Was it Eller's goal or was it? Yeah, it was Eller's goal in the second or in the third period. That was his second assist of the game. Would have given one to Connor Sheary for a goal and an assist and being the tying goal, but then he got his pocket picked by Patrick Kane in overtime. It's hard to hard to be in favor of that. Anyways, that is it for this Thursday edition of Locked On Capitals. We'll be back tomorrow to preview the Winnipeg Jets game on Friday. As far as we know, that game's happening. That could easily change by the time you listen to this. It's changed time by the time you hear this or I either. Like I said, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast, podcast platform, or you can watch us on the Locked on Capitals YouTube channel. You can follow me, the insider of the insiders, Tyler at TJKU29 on Twitter, Instagram, or even TikTok. That's, yes, that is correct. TikTok coming out later today. Can I do that? Can I just say TikToks are coming out later today or it's supposed to be spontaneous? I don't know. I, I have one plan that I'm going to record today. Let's put it that way. It's going to be a fun one. Also, be sure to follow us, Locked On Capitals, at Locked On Caps on Twitter. Back tomorrow, once again, for another episode of Locked On Capitals. Godspeed, and for goodness sakes, people, stay safe out there, please. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.